So if you have a Bible or a device, if you don't have a Bible, I want you to turn to 1 Kings chapter 2. And as I said, we're going to talk about somebody that that had kind of like uh, a stay-at-home order. Well, they did have a stay-at-home order, and um, they didn't quite stay at home uh, the way they were told to. And you see, folks, obedience, obedience. That's an old-fashioned word people detest now. But obedience is better than sacrifice. I'm going to tell those of you that are here, uh, so because there's not a half a dozen, when I look at you, I'm not picking on you. There's nobody else to look at, okay? Plus, y'all look, believe it or not, y'all actually look good today. I mean, compared to paper. And don't hold me to that after today, but today you look good. So and that was males I was talking to. So... This individual uh, didn't obey fully, and we're going to find out about him. And over in the book of uh, Second King or First Kings, chapter two, rather, uh, this is David. We're we're catching the tail end of David uh, giving instructions and leaving a a uh, kind of a to do list. But it's more like a heritage legacy type list for his son Solomon to carry out as king. And you can read more about his appointment and all the things that, that led up to that. But we're, we're jumping in at the end. And David, in verse 8 of chapter 2, he tells Solomon in his instructions, he says this. And see, you have with you... Shimei, the son of Gera, a Benjamite from Baharim, who cursed me with a malicious curse in the day when I went to Mahanim, but he came down to meet me at the Jordan. And I swore to him by the Lord, saying, I will not put you to death with the sword now. Therefore, do not hold him guiltless. For you are a wise man and know what you ought to do and what you ought to do to him. But I want you to bring his gray hair down to the grave with blood. And then if you skip over to verse 35, it says what Solomon did. Then the king put... Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, in his place over the army, and the king put Zadok, the priest, in the place of Abiathar. Then the king sent and called for Shimei and said to him, Build yourself a house in Jerusalem and dwell there, and do not go out from there, Anywhere. Did you hear me read that? Did you read with me? Do not go out from there anywhere. He was giving him a stay-at-home order. For it shall be on the day you go out and cross the brook Kidron, know for certain you shall surely die. 
your blood shall be on your own head. And Shimei said to the king, Oh, the saying is good. As my lord the king has said, so your servant will do. So Shimei dwelt in Jerusalem many days. He actually did it, many days. Now it happened at the end of three years that two slaves of Shimei ran away to Achish, the son of Mekah, king of Gath. And they told Shimei, saying, Look, your slaves are in Gath. So Shimei arose, saddled his donkey, and went to Achish at Gath to seek his slaves. And Shimei went and brought his slaves from Gath. And Solomon was told that Shimei had gone from Jerusalem to Gath and had come back. Then the king sent and called for Shimei and said to him, uh, Did I not make you swear by the Lord and warn you, saying, Know for certain that on the day that you go out and travel anywhere, you shall surely die? And you said to me, Oh, the word I have heard is good. Well, why then have you not kept the oath of the Lord? And the commandment that I gave you. The king said moreover to Shimei. You know as your heart acknowledges. All the wickedness that you did to my father David. Therefore the Lord will return your wickedness on your own head. But King Solomon shall be blessed. And the throne of David shall be established before the Lord forever. So the king commanded Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, and he went out and struck him down, and he died. Thus the kingdom was established in the hand What does it say? Of King Solomon. He gave the order for this man to be executed but the kingdom was actually established in his hand. I know that, boy, in this day, that doesn't sound really good or proper or right, does it? But it is right. It's God's word. It's very right. You see, uh, Shimei wound up dying that day. But his slaves lived. He went to go get his slaves. But, but his slaves came back and probably lived out their full lifespan, but not him. And, and why did that happen? That happened because he got cabin fever. It wasn't really cabin fever, as, as you and I uh, describe cabin fever, but it was more like he got to a point where he felt like it was okay. It was okay. It would, it would be more than... Um, all right, by now, three years have gone by. I mean, really, and I've, I've done good. Besides, I guarantee you Solomon's completely forgot about it. And, and even furthermore, who, who's going to even know about it? I mean, I'm just going to go, and I'm going to get him, and I'm coming right back. And, you know, that's the same attitude a lot of us have. So many people, 
we think that we, we are getting ahead and we find out only too little, too late in the end that all along we were actually killing ourselves. And that's what he did. He thought that he was getting ahead and he probably had a little bit of a, a control issue. And, and being a man in authority over two slaves, he probably thought, well, surely Solomon with hundreds and thousands of warriors and slaves and servant, he'll certainly understand it, and this won't count. But that's not what he was told. He was told, listen, my daddy gave you grace, said that he wasn't going to kill you with the sword. And by the way, it was for doing wrong. He broke the law and did wrong back then, and he was shown grace then. And now he's getting a second wink and pass from grace again. But he was given grace this time with a commandment. And you know, I probably want to stop here for just a minute. And I want to stay true to the outline and, and the order I, want to, I feel led to go in. But I want to tell you folks, and I want to just make eye contact with a couple of you that are here and make sure that all of you understand, and those of you that are still in here working, uh, that when God tells us to do something, and we read it in his word, whether three years have gone by or 30 years or three minutes or three days. When God tells you to do something, you never entertain anything else until God tells you something different. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word doesn't pass away. And he Three years, you know, he probably said, well, this isn't a big deal for what I'm doing. I mean, I'm not going out here and, you know, just shop or something like that. Uh, and it wasn't a big deal at all. He was right. It wasn't a big deal. It was a dead deal, and he lost. He lost the dead deal and died. And we don't see that still this day we live in, you reap what you sow. That's always many times attached to people that's talking about giving. And that is true. But it's true in every facet of our lives. You reap what you sow. If you put it in the ground, good or bad, you can expect to see something come up from the seeds you plant. And we can't, we can't get away from this. And you see, God's grace is so good to all of us. And... And, and, and Jesus, he's given us example after example in the Bible. And, and as I read the word of God, I, I see that, that God knows how much he loves us. And apparently Solomon still had some kind of level of compassion and he... And, he cared enough to give the man another opportunity and spared his life when he would witness people die every day. But something happened, and it might have been that, that he saw his daddy do it. He knew that his daddy had, had given grace to Shimei, e even under uh, circumstances that called for his assassination. But he did it anyway. And we, we're not told in the Bible why he did it a second time. Uh, other than maybe God wants to reiterate about his grace. And, you know, I talk about that a lot because we 
hear about grace a lot, and we, we heard about it a whole lot before all of this started three months ago and everything that's been going on. And Solomon probably didn't care at this moment when he found out the news that the man had ran against his orders. The only thing Solomon understood was that he gave that man a second opportunity to enjoy grace, and he spit on it. He didn't appreciate it. He abused it. He walked all over it, and all he knew now, that's it. Two strikes and you're out, not three, because a lot of people didn't get that kind of grace. And folks, can I tell you this? God is a gracious God. I would not be saved today if God was not a gracious God. You, if you are born again, truly born again, you would not be a child of God if it were not for the grace of God. But I'm going to tell you, unlike a lot of people, most preachers will not say this because they don't want to believe it. They don't want to accept it. But with the grace of God comes commandments of God that you must follow and if you don't follow them there is a price to pay grace does not wink at everything you do unlike people are told there is a standard of holiness there is a standard of living that God has God requires holiness without it no man will see the Lord and we need to be holy because he is holy is what he said and we cannot abuse or frustrate or or just take the grace of God lightly it wasn't just anybody's grace it was God's grace that saved us and that's why you can't treat the grace of God just any kind of way you would be dead and on your way to hell if out of God's grace and his love and mercy had not allowed and sent Jesus his only begotten son mind you to a cruel cross to be tortured for you so that grace could still be shown to you and I. And when we have that grace, there comes a mandate from God and a new attitude and a new way of living and you cannot abuse it just because God is so good to give it because one day you're going to find out, oh, I shouldn't have left the house. It's better to be confined and chained to the Word of God and let the world go to hell while you sit. At least you will make it home. And a lot of people, I am afraid because of recent events and the way people are having and changing their attitudes about things. And I'm not even getting it. I'm not even going to give it pulpit time today. I'm going to tell you this. But the body of Christ is who I'm talking. I'm not addressing the world. I'm addressing the body right now. And I'm especially addressing our church. And I want you to understand, we may not get together in three or four or five weeks or two or three months. The next time we meet together, it may be on streets of gold. And I can't blow it when it's time to share the Word of God because you may be misled since the last time you and I made eye contact. And you may think it's all right just to go out here and live any old kind of way. But no, it's not. God gave you grace, friend, brother, sister, and you've got to respect that. You've got to live by what God said because it was His grace, His amazing grace that He gave to you, not the world, not the government, not Hollywood, not the sports industry, nobody's grace but God's grace. And those are the rules we live by. And when you live outside of the house rules of God, there is literally hell to pay. I'm going to drink some water now.
There was one time. There's always been a standard. If you, uh, just let me tell you, if you look in the New Testament, you're going to read about the standard of Jesus on so many occasions. But I'm going to tell you how extreme. Well, because, see, the world's abused the grace of God. And I, I refer to this, they treat it like a monopoly game. You just go around the board and you collect $200 and pass go. Oh, you just go and get your little grace stamp and you just keep right on. Eat, drink, be merry, live like hell, do anything you want to. You can do that and you can believe that and you can hold your breath and hope you get to heaven. But I'm going to tell you today how I know you can get to heaven. It's a one-way street. It's a narrow road. And not many people you know is even on that road or even desires to get anywhere near the road. Let me tell you about the standard of Jesus. Jesus said one day that he was with his disciples and they were walking. And as they were walking, Jesus got hungry. And he saw a fig tree. Now listen to this. This is why I want you to understand how God thinks. Not how this world, not even how Christian TV and religion thinks. I want to tell y'all how the world thinks loosely and how God thinks. Jesus was walking and he got hungry. And the Bible says this. He went to a fig tree and... It was out of season. And a lot of people probably struggle and try to do a lot of thinking about this. And you shouldn't. Just, just hear, and, hear and understand what thus saith the Lord. He went up to it and there was no figs on it. So he cursed the tree and said, let fruit never grow on this tree again. It was out of season, y'all. Might have been the winter months. And when they came back the next day, not only were there still no fruit on it, but the Bible says the tree had withered away. And the disciples, they were really impressed. And they said, Lord, look, the fig tree's gone. He said, have faith in God. He was trying to teach them a lesson about that. But I want to tell you this. I know it was out of season. I know that we don't go to our garden in January and see if tomatoes are there or butter beans are barren or if there's any squash. We don't think most of it's been tilled under by then. But see, what Jesus knew, he was the one that spoke light. He was the one that parted the waves, see. He was there when breath was breathed into the nostrils of man for the first time. He, the, he was the one that knew that at the mention of his name, demons have to flee. He was the one that could speak and a dead man would come back to life. He was the one that said, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue would confess that he is Lord. He knew that if nobody else understood, if there wasn't another fig tree within a hundred miles, 
that one right there had an encounter with its maker and if it never bore figs again it should have bore figs right then because the one who created it was walking by and it should have produced that's the kind of standard of the God we have he don't look at this flaky mess that everybody's eating up because it feels good and everybody's jumping on board because there's no confrontation in it he's the kind of God that says look you got to deny everything you've got to walk away from the life that you used to call living and you've got to embrace me you've got to walk straight you've got to walk narrow because I gave you my grace so that you could be saved by and through faith it's a gift and you cannot treat it any kind of way and along with my grace comes right living and if you don't do it you will suffer and we don't like that we absolutely don't like it church we have a problem with that because he's supposed to be there at our beck and call to answer all the prayer requests he's supposed to be there to protect us to make it all right to differentiate between us and the world so that we can be blessed and the world can be cursed we try to remind them of all these things but when it comes to living a holy life we don't want to do that and we will manipulate scripture and take it out of context to try to justify our sinful decisions. I know y'all wish y'all hadn't come now, don't you? I should have watched it at home. I could have muted him. I can't mute him now. But you can leave. I mean, seriously, you can. I don't hold you to it. But I, I want to say something, folks. This is a real issue. I told you about getting home. We might not see each other. And this is why this, this is so important. The Bible says in Proverbs 14, there's a way that seems right to man, but its end is death. And I want to tell y'all that there's a lot of nice, easy and I've used the words non-confrontational. What do you mean when you say that anyway? I just mean that you're not going to get any resistance now. And I, I've already said, you know, so many preachers, man, they are trying to be so politically correct. I, well, I've, I read of one this week that, that wasn't. And because of that, two of their campuses... Uh, the leases were jerked from them, and and it, it's it's a large church with many campuses, but it, it's it's taking a toll on that on that pastor. And I lift him up, uh, Pastor Chris Hodges. I do, I lift him up, and I'm I'm going to tell you this before we pray that there is a lot more, a whole lot more of trials tribulations and persecutions coming this is the exact reason why God might have me shut up in my house for three months this might be the very reason why he's trying to get some house rules in your heart and in your head so you can finally make it on that road called the straight and narrow and you won't wander off anymore it, it, it may have taken a lot of just 
purging to get this world and all this out of you so that you can get your mind thinking like a soldier and like somebody who has been just living in awe because of the grace of God. And, I, and I've had to do a spiritual detox. I've had to finally set my mind and get my affections on things above because this world is drowning them out. And I myself am being influenced by everything from causes and movements and, and just the economy and all the things that are going on in the world that the Bible says is tribulation and, and, and all kind of warfare. But we can't be duped by this, folks. We've got to understand that if we live by what God says, we are going to see Him in all of His glory. We're going to see Him as He is. We're going to be able to be home with Him forevermore and with those that have gone on before us and those that have given their lives so that you and I can have the gospel today. He said that if we follow His laws and His precepts, we eat His Word, and it's a lamp unto our feet, and it's a light unto our path. Path It determines how we live and where we go, the decisions we make, the language that's on our lips. If we live this way, we are abiding by the rules that God gave us with. And if we walk outside of the house of God's commandments, there is a price tag attached to it. And it may be one that you cannot afford to pay, Shimei. I want you to... Close your eyes at home if you are in a place where you can do this. And I'm going to ask those here, out of reverence to the Word of God, I want you to close your eyes. You see, over time, people have tried their best to bend the rules. Now, I mean the church. The world, hey, everything's all right in the world. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what you, you just name a subject and go from there. It's okay. It, everything's all right in the world. Everything you can think of, it is okay. But it ain't. It, it, it ain't all right. It ain't all right. And they will get theirs later. But I want to tell you something. If you and I make up our mind that we're going to live holy to the Lord, we make our mind up that we are going to live a godly lifestyle, then we probably are going to get ragged out somewhere. Somebody's going to either disown you, make fun of you, um, make light of your family decisions. And I'm talking to mamas and daddies right now when I say this. Listen, if you love your child, get them home. I don't mean to your house. I mean get them home. You, you live like Jesus in front of them. You start now. You've got enough time. We don't even know if school will start back. Listen, you be a godly mom and daddy right now. This may be... This may be it, friend, and you don't want to play with this. God, and I pray for every person here. I know in the name of Jesus, oh God, that 
It's a critical day that we're living in. God, the church, the body of Christ, we have got to be vigilant, but not the way the world is. We don't have to be vigilant that way. We've got to be vigilant on our knees and in your word. We've got to be vigilant with the house rules. The house rules. The church house rules. God, when we come back together, forsake not the assembling of ourselves. Live, tithe, give, love, work, worship. God, in our own homes, we have to do the same thing, Lord. In our lives, our lives is a temple a house of God. God, help us not to abuse your grace anymore. Help us, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus to do what we said Wednesday night, to stay focused, Lord. God, all you do, we'll give you praise.